Russell Westbrook, right? You're giving us your 2027 pick, right? Well, we want your 2028 pick as well. Brooklyn is basically like taxing. It's like the GMs of this league are not falling for the okie doke anymore. They're not just going to give LeBron whatever he wants. No, nigga. LA's looking like nigga we've mortgaged our whole future for Anthony Davis I mean we traded Ingram we traded Lonzo we traded Josh Hart we traded our picks for AD so what we look like trading our whole future for Kyrie who we don't know how long we're gonna hold on to him Yeah, man. Y'all figures fans. Y'all thought. Y'all thought y'all was going to get them, huh? Y'all thought it was just going to be easy. Y'all thought shit was peaches and cream. Nah, nigga. With these talks stalling, it looks like the uh, Brooklyn Nets are going to move forward as if KD and Kyrie is going to be with the team one more year. And why not? I mean, the Lakers think a deal is still going to be done. Nah, bruh. That ain't happening. Now, however, 
the Lakers could still get Kyrie Irving. How? Wait till next year until he's a free agent. Duh. Because you got that Russell Westbrook contract coming off the books. Right? Right. The Nets, here's the Nets problem. The Nets don't really want to lose Kyrie Irving for nothing. So, they want to get something for this nigga. And the crazy part is, no matter where you trade Kyrie Irving to, they know Kyrie Irving is going to L.A. next year. He might not be going right now, but that doesn't mean that he's not going to ever go. I'm saying as of this season, Kyrie's not going nowhere but the Brooklyn Nets. However, nobody's going to take Joe Harris's contract. No way in hell. And speaking of Kevin Durant, the Nets want a shit ton of picks and an all-star player for KD. That's their asking price. Several first-round picks and an all-star player. Because we know that KD has a four-year contract. But here's the thing. Every team not named the Phoenix Suns, right? Do you want to mortgage your future on Kevin Durant, who's been getting hurt every year? Yes, I understand it's KD. I get it. But a lot of these teams have a lot of growth potential, especially with their picks. Right? But do you want to mortgage your future on a 34-year-old player who I don't think is a top 10 player? I mean, who I don't think is a top five player right now. And every superstar, all-star fades and gets old at some point. KD maybe got two more years of his prime left. And you want to, and by the time, you know, that contract is up, he's going to be 38. And, you know, lum, limber guys like that, I don't even think he's going to play that contract out. He's going to get hurt a lot. So are you willing to risk that? Smarten up, Nas. Now, the only team that I think should really go for it all and trade their parts for Kevin Durant is Phoenix. Here's why. I mean, you already you already know that Brooklyn's going to want Booker. They've probably stated that. But at the same time, though, I think Phoenix should risk it all. Because... They're in the same boat as they were last year, but they will not be the number one seed next year. No way, no how. The only way to return back to the number one seed is to get KD because the West is all around is getting better. Every team has gotten better with the exception of Los Angeles, of course. Lakers, that is.
And getting Kevin Durant would validate those championship hopes. You have Chris Paul, you have Devin Booker, and you got KD. You know, what package would you put together? I mean, Bridges, Aiton, Cam Johnson, maybe a campaign and some picks. I mean, you got to think about it. Got to figure this shit out. I mean, Phoenix. That's the. I think that's the only team that should really shoot their shot at KD. Cause I mean, you got a 38-year-old nigga in Chris Paul. You'll have a 34-year-old nigga. Just be old niggas and let Devin Booker do all the heavy lifting. Yeah, you'll give up a majority of your uh, rotation, but. There are plenty of NBA niggas, free agents, and guys you can call up from the G League to complete the roster around you. I think that's why Phoenix should be the only team that should get into the KD sweepstakes. Everybody else, y'all really don't need him. Y'all don't need to mortgage your futures, especially Golden State. Honestly, I don't believe that Golden State wants KD back. I don't believe that story one bit. They just won the title. They have proven twice already that they don't need that guy. What more do they have to prove? Why would you want him back? If this is if this is true, why would you want that? Why would you want to mortgage Wiggins who helped you win the title? As much as that hurts to say, it's a fact. As much as I don't like Wiggins, it's a fact. He proved himself in the finals where it counted. Proving niggas like me, niggas like dick in your mouth right, wrong. Why would you get rid of Poole? Why would you get rid of Wiseman? Why would you get rid of... It it doesn't make sense. Like, Golden State should keep the team the way that it is. You got a bright future. And you can be a dynasty, a continuous dynasty like the Bulls, like the Celtics, like the Lakers. You're already on that level. Why not take it to another level? Keep your young core. Do not get this old-ass KD just for maybe one more ring. Golden State can repeat without KD. Dumbass idea. Bob Myers, you bet not. Let Phoenix do that. Because Phoenix has nothing to lose. They've been getting to the dance and they date stands them up. All I'm saying is I don't believe the uh, KD to the Warriors interest stories. I just don't. Danny Ainge is running the Jazz. Now I see why the Jazz have been so active. Danny Ainge is a wheeler and dealer. Did we not forget that Danny Ainge put together the Super Celtics, right? Well, they're not the Super Celtics. I'm joking. 
Um, they put together that super trade for sure by trading five guys for KD. I mean, KG. My bad. For KG. Doing a draft day trade involving Ray Allen. And bringing those guys in in Boston. Not to mention drafting Tatum, drafting Brown, trading KG Paul Pierce. Drafting Avery Bradley. Trading KD and, and Paul Pierce for what will become Tatum and Brown. Honestly, the Utah Jazz are trending in the, in the right direction. I heard that Pat Bev is about to be bought out by Utah. I'm shocked. I would have kept him. But you got to think about it. Then they hired the youngest coach in the league. Right? Who used to work for Boston? The Jazz want to build around Donovan Mitchell. But I do believe if the right deal comes along for Donovan Mitchell, Danny Ainge will pull the trigger. I mean, and also, Danny Ainge bought Kyrie to Boston, bought Isaiah Thomas to Boston. His resume speaks for itself. I would trust him with my franchise. And his first order of business was to trade Rudy Gobert for five players and five picks. Boss moves, right? So I had to figure out, like, what's up with Utah? And I'm like, oh, it's Danny Ainge running shit. I, I can see that. Uh, Thomas Bryant signs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, pretty good low-key move. Low-risk, high-reward move. If Thomas Bryant is healthy, he can be effective for the Lakers. Serge Ibaka re-signs with Milwaukee. I don't know why when they didn't play you last year at all. When you were needed in that series against Boston. Brooklyn. I don't know if I said this on the last show, but the Brooklyn Nets pride TJ Warren out of Golden State. Basically, Warren must have heard something about Kevin Durant being unhappy in, in uh, Brooklyn. And it's like, oh shit, like if KD gets traded, I'm going to be featured a lot more. And even if he doesn't, I can play this six-man role and play for a contract because TJ Warren has missed the last two seasons with a stress fracture in his foot. And now he's 100% completely healthy. The last time we saw him, he was turning it out in the bubble. Now, I know I talk shit about the bubble a lot, but... I mean, bruh. Hey. So. I mean, it's very interesting that TJ Warren's on Brooklyn. I mean, the Nets have a good solid rotation there. I mean, you have. I mean, Katie and Kyrie should run it back. 
You have Joe Harris possibly coming back this year. You have Patty Mills. You have Dayron Sharp. You got Cam Thomas. TJ Warren, Royce O'Neal. You just grabbed Royce O'Neal from the Utah Jazz. So, you got a good foundation in Brooklyn. The only thing that I'm worried about is Nash. Can't forget Ben Simmons. I mean, shit, let's see what Ben Simmons got. Seth Curry's still there. Nick Claxton's got all this potential. It's still there. I don't see why Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving want to leave something that they both built together. That's stupid. Jamal Murray. Is back on the court. He was practicing with the Denver Summer League team. And it's looking like he's back on his bullshit. So hopefully Denver. Denver's got a lot to uh a lot to show this year. You know, they re re-up. Porter Jr.'s coming back at some point. Murray's back. Joker's still there. He grabbed up Christian Braun, Bruce Brown, still got Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon. Grab up KCP, Ish Smith. Pretty loaded team if you ask me. Game is allegedly set to drop dramatic on Friday. We'll see about that. I'm not sure. I mean, it's executive produced by Hitboy. I don't know if Hitboy's doing the entire thing. But if he is... We could get another classic game album. Very interesting to see. I mean, game has a very underrated discography, if you ask me. A lot of people don't talk about his body of work enough. West Side Gun is set to drop a new mixtape. It's supposed to be a mixtape called Peace Fly God on Friday. Um, Stove God Cooks and this other rapper that I'm not familiar with. I don't know his name. I forgot. But um, those are the only features on the project. But I'd love to hear more Stove God Cooks verses, man. Keep those coming. Um... Artist Glorilla, who has that fuck nigga free song, signs with Yo Gotti and CMG. Huh, that's a great pickup by them. Like, CMG's becoming like a really deep ass crew. I mean, you have to think about it. You have Black Youngster, you got Moneybag Yo, you got 42 Doug, you got ESTG. Now you add the girl with one of the hottest songs this year. to an already popping label. Let's see what, what Yo Gotti does. I mean, Shorty is from Memphis. 
So it should be interesting to see what the debut album is looking like because there isn't that many. Now, we are here for the main event, which is Summer League. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2022 NBA Summer League, ladies and gentlemen. I have seen some things. I have been impressed and I have been disappointed. So, let's talk. Let's see who's played, who is playing. And let me give my thoughts on the NBA Summer League, y'all. I'm excited to see all the rookies. Some interesting things going on, especially tonight. Because it began on uh, July the 2nd. Uh, the Lakers and the Heat played the first game. You know, I'm not going to get into too many particulars about this game. One thing I did notice, Scottie Pippen Jr., I'm going to be honest with y'all, he's definitely worthy of making the roster. I mean, the roster had already signed him for the season to make the team already. Now, somebody else that signed on for the Summer League team is Sharif O'Neal. Now, I didn't get to see that much out of Sharif O'Neal yet. But Pippen Jr., um, he's smooth. He's got a nice little jump shot, a mid-range jumper. And he is pretty... The thing that stuck out about me is his playmaking ability. And his ability to uh, make great passes and have... Excellent court vision. Yeah, that Swider guy, that nigga in that first game, he was hitting. Now, Max Christie, um, their first round pick, didn't shoot it well that first game. And Matt McClung, I mean, Matt McClung always balls in the summer league. And last year, when he actually got some clock, he did pretty well for the Lakers. But will it be enough to crack the rotation? I'm not sure. Um, Nikola Jovich was disappointing in that first game, but more on him momentarily. More on dog momentarily. We'll get back to him. Keegan Murray in his first game, he shined. 26 points, 10 of 14 from the field, four of five from three. Um, Keegan Murray is ready, ladies and gentlemen. You know, he did struggle in one of those summer league games, but, you know, you can't be 100% perfect. But from what I see, Keegan Murray is ready. He has a grown man game. He's pretty much bullying those summer league players. Like, he's ready to play against pros. And I've been saying this since the mock draft that Keegan Murray... It's going to help Sacramento tremendously with his scoring ability, 
especially alongside De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk, and DeMontis Sabonis, Harrison Barnes. It's good. This is a great pickup. Guy that can play three or four. Uh, one of the standouts to me on the Sacramento Kings is, uh, oh, man. Is uh, Quita, the dark-skinned kid. That played the middle for the summer league team. Niamas Quita. Um, he has a um, two-way contract with the G League team. He's Portuguese. Interesting. But that kid, he was impressive. Quita or Quetta, uh, I don't know the kids. I don't know how to pronounce that kid's name for shit. I usually am good with uh, pronouncing shit, but yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, he's been a standout throughout the summer league in the games that I watched him. Moses Moody and Patrick Baldwin Jr. did not play in the first uh, game. When they played the Sacramento Kings. We just going down games and stuff like that. To, so I can give you guys um, my takes here. As I said, the second game, Keegan Murray didn't shoot it well. Uh, at 4-15, 9 points against the uh, Miami Heat. Uh, Nikola Jovic also didn't play well in that game either. It was a pretty much an ugly game. For both teams, actually. There's really nothing that stood out to me in that game. Lakers, Warriors. Um, one thing that I did notice about Max Christie from Michigan State, he was a second-round pick for the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Max Christie was playing good defense on Moses Moody. Moses Moody actually played. Um, Patrick Baldwin Jr. and Jonathan Kaminga have not played in the summer league yet. Um, will they play? I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, Patrick Baldwin Jr. has been a guy that I've been looking forward to seeing. To see, but I don't know if he's still hurt because, like I said, he you know he was drafted injured. Because he got injured a quarter of the way of the college season last year. I mean, last year, if he would have came out, he probably would have been a top five pick. I mean, he's listed as a two guard, but he's 6'11". But yeah, Patrick Baldwin Jr. didn't play. Moses Moody did play. And uh, Max Christie played excellent defense on him. And Scottie Pippen Jr. had 15 points and 8 assists in that game. Again, playmaking ability, mid-range jump shot, decent finisher at the rim. I mean, Pippen Jr. could be um, a rotational player for the Los Angeles Lakers this year. I don't know about how much clock he would get, but it's more like a, a on a, a will-see basis here. <clears throat> Now, 
today, however, right? Was that that game today with um Golden State and Miami? Yep, that was uh well actually it was Tuesday. My bad. It, it's I'm recording this. It's gonna be Wednesday when you guys hear it. Nikola Jovic finally showed why he was a first-round pick in this game. 25 points. 9 of 16 from the field, 5 of 7 from 3. He finally has a good game in the, the Summer League. Now, the Summer League doesn't necessarily determine how good your long-term potential is, but it gives you... a um. An idea of what this player is and how this player plays against players that are on their level. And Jovich' shot-making ability was on full display today against the Golden State Warriors. As Moses Moody played another game and Patrick Baldwin and Jonathan Kaminga sat out today once again. It doesn't look like either one is going to play. Now, Moses Moody's three-point shot has been off during uh, the Summer League, but he, you know, he played a lot better in this game from the highlights that I saw. I didn't see this game. Well, actually, I saw the first half of it because I left my crib to record this episode for y'all. There isn't anybody that's standing out on Miami or Golden State. I mean, besides Highsmith, who's probably going to be on the roster. I mean, Michael Mulder probably could make that team. We'll see, though. We will see. Now, this is a game that I did that I did see. The Sacramento Kings and the Los Angeles Lakers as the Kings beat the Lakers 87-75. Um, Keegan Murray, I've seen enough. I've seen enough of Keegan Murray. That dude is ready. He's ready to play. He's ready to go. He had 24 points tonight, seven rebounds, two of four from three, nine of 16 from the field. Not bad. Pippen Jr. did not have a good game today. Max Christie shot horrible again. See, this is what I mean about Max Christie. This is why I said that I felt like he should have stayed in school. Despite my high praise of his defense, I just still felt like that kid should have stayed in school a little bit longer. Then Sharif O'Neal only got three minutes and 25 seconds out there. So I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign. It may be a bad sign for uh, young Shaq. There are more games today as I got my first glimpse of the Memphis Grizzlies rookies. And guys, a lot of these guys are going to make the team. I'm going to tell you right now. And I've seen some things that surprised me today. Um, 
Jake LaRavia, I guess that's how you pronounce it. I thought it was LaRavia. Jake LaRavia, 13 points, 4 of 9, 4 of 7 from 3. This is what Memphis drafted, ladies and gentlemen. They needed a guy that could come off screens and hit big shots and hit big threes for them. They got a bunch of guys there that create off the dribble. They don't have your traditional set shooter that comes off of screens in Memphis. You know, Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, all come off picks off the dribble. They all shoot off the dribble. They don't have a guy like LaRavia that's skilled to come off screens and shoot like Clay Thompson. And Jake LaRavia could be that guy. He's definitely going to be on the team. He's definitely going to crack the rotation. Xavier Tillman. I mean, Xavier Tillman's probably going to be the starting center for the Memphis Grizzlies. Because they ain't got one. Steven Adams is a free agent. Brandon Clark is a four masquerading as a five. I mean, Xavier Tillman had a great game. Like, he was big. He made some big plays today, especially passing the ball. I mean, he has 16 points, 6 of 11 from the field. Zaire Williams, though, was the bright spot for this team. Five of 13, three of six from three. He hit some big shots today. I mean, Zaire Williams is going to be very crucial to this Memphis lineup. Like, this is pretty much the players that played today is going to be key players in the Memphis rotation. Then, another standout, Kennedy Chandler. The 5'9 guard was blocked. He blocked three shots, y'all. Stole at four steals. We're looking at a possible lockdown guard to come off the bench alongside Tyus Jones. I think Chandler should definitely make the team. I think he was a second round pick. I felt like he was a late first. That's just me. But Kennedy Chandler showed the uh, potential that I saw when I looked at his tape during the uh, mock draft process. Like, he only had eight points, but his activity was what stood out to me. Uh, Vince Williams Jr., he looked pretty good today. He hit three or four from three. This is another guy that can help Memphis's rotation. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven guys, and then one, two, three, four, four. That's going to crack the rotation for sure. Now, Vince Williams Jr., I'm not sure if they got enough room for him. David Roddy didn't look so good in this first game. He shot one of six. But his activity out there on the boards and stealing passes, I think he's going to make the team, though. Now, one surprise that I did see was Kenny Lofton Jr. Kenny Lofton Jr. was... Um, 
a college player that was halfway decent. He's 6'6", but he's 280. My only problem with what I saw from him today was he was picking and popping too much. Yeah, because um, Kenny Lofton Jr. went to Louisiana Tech. He a big fella. He an undersized big man. But he need to be on the block 24-7-365. I mean, his last year in college, he averaged a double-double. Big home he had was 4-5 from the field, had 9 points, 3 rebounds. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he should just be in the paint. Blocking out, boxing out. I mean, this Memphis team got got a chance to, like, I don't know if they're going to be competing for the Summer League Championship, but if that team makes it, shit. That's a good little team they got over there in Memphis. I knew Memphis had a great draft, but just watching these dudes in action, and John Morant was supporting the team. High-fiving niggas and shit. You sitting on the bench. Looking like a drug dealer and that Amari hoodie and shit and Amari Amari hoodie, however the fuck you pronounce that shit. Um, the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, Memphis Kennedy Chandler uh, won the game with clutch defense, by the way, as they beat the Sixers 103.99. Jaden Springer, the bright spot for Philly for me. He had 15 points. Then Paul Reed. Oh my God. Paul Reed was a man possessed. And I seen Paul Reed play last year. I don't think he got enough clock. I think he was better than DeAndre Jordan last year. Yeah, Paul Reed is is looking like he was too good for Summer League out there. 20 points, 15 rebounds, 8 of 15. Isaiah Joe, I've always said, Doc, you got to play Isaiah Joe a little bit more. Didn't know that the Philadelphia 76ers had Cassius Winston on their summer league team. Hopefully he can make the cut. Grant Riller off the bench, 6 of 10. Grant Riller is a solid player, but you know how Doc is. He don't never play the whole rotation. This is why his teams be losing so much. But Jaden Springer, like I felt like he should have got some clock last year. He could have been hella crucial in that playoff run last year. Because Jaden Springer is a guy that can play some defense. And then the game of the night. OKC versus the Utah Jazz. Now the score may not suggest that it was the game of the night as the Thunder beat the shit out the Jazz 98-77. But however though, Chet Holmgren. If healthy, can you say rookie of the year? God damn. Now, this is another motherfucker that's ready. The guys that I view that are ready, Nikola Jovich just made the cut for ready. But Keegan Murray and Chet Holmgren are the two guys that I view that I've seen in the summer league out of everybody that I think is ready for NBA tip-off. Holmgren and Murray 
are fucking awesome. Yeah, everybody's like, oh man, you can't, be, it's just Summer League, it's just Summer League. Nah, nigga, fuck that. Nah, man. You can just tell by demeanor, confidence, thought process, decision making that somebody's ready. And Chet Holmgren is no exception. This dude was out here embarrassing my nigga Taco Fall, which I'll get to momentarily. Chet Holmgren at 23 points, six blocks, four assists, seven rebounds, seven of nine from the field, four of six from three. This dude, the thin towers started together. Because I guess they're playing Holmgren at the four and Pokashevsky at five. They call them the Thin Towers because now one of these niggas, both these niggas is seven feet tall. And they're under 200 pounds, which is crazy to me because you would think to body him up. But Chet Holmgren, you could body him up all you want to, but his IQ to reach over and block shots is a skill within itself. Josh Giddy came out there and, and played. He had 14 points and 11 assists. I mean, we already know. I mean, Josh Giddy has one year logged in in the NBA. Jalen Williams. Uh, yeah, man. Here's the thing. Both Jalen Williamses did play today. You got dark-skinned Jalen Williams, and he got light-skinned Jalen Williams. Dark-skinned Jalen Williams went the fuck off. And you could see why some people had him as a top 15 pick. I mean, he was picked in the, uh, I think it was picked 22nd overall, if I'm not mistaken. Which is around where I had him. But 17 points. 8 of 11 from the field. Now, Usman Jang, he played pretty decent today. I mean, he didn't shoot it well from three. He was one of nine. But I seen Usman Jang's potential. He looked like kid from Kid and Play with that high top fade. But, um, okay, see, a lot of this summer league team is going to be on the actual roster from Aaron Wiggins to Josh Giddy to Pokashevsky to Holmgren to Robinson Earl to Usman Jane Jalen it's pretty much like this is pretty much damn near all of their roster minus Shea Gilgis Alexander y'all that potential is scary like the West is all out better and Oklahoma City was had good moments last year but this year it's going to be a lot more I'm telling you Utah Jazz. Whoever V Law was, he shot one of 12. My goodness, that nigga is not going to get no contract. Now, what I was surprised to see was Kofi Cockburn. Pause that. Hella pause on that, by the way. I'm surprised Kofi Cockburn went undrafted. Because if if Cockburn would have came, if Kofi would have came out, um, Last year, he would have been a, a lottery pick. I am totally shocked that this kid wasn't drafted. I didn't even know he was coming out of college. He played for Illinois. He was dominant in a lot of those games for the Illini. Like he's 7'1", seven, 7'2". Seven, Big, strong, pause. 
good. He, I think he what a, a good 250, 260. He's very skilled. Got great hands. Every time he got the ball on the block, he dunked it. And uh, Kofi is a great shot blocker. I was surprised to see him there. I think he would make the team. He might. He could start over Walker Kessler, which I was surprised that I didn't see tonight. Because he just got traded. I mean, Bomaro is not there. Walker Kessler is not there. It's not going to play in the summer league from what I understand. But maybe they could pop up. Who knows, ladies and gentlemen, who knows? Yeah, I was surprised to not see Walker Kessler play. Today would have been a perfect day to show off. But Kofi Cogburn, man. Like, I would like to see him make the roster as a backup. Now, the biggest disappointment of the night was Taco Fall. I mean, I understand why teams cut him or send him to the uh, G League. Because tonight, he just seemed like he wasn't asserting himself enough. I mean, he only had two points and two rebounds. He had four personal fouls. And he kind of looked uncoordinated. Like, when he got the ball in the post, he couldn't create a shot. He couldn't back his uh, defender down and dunk on him. And he couldn't, um, like, he got, he got that one dunk. But that was it. But when, the last time I saw him, you know, back his opponent down, he shot a hook shot, and it went over the rim all the way into the audience. Like, I'm disappointed in Taco Fall. Like, I thought he would be a lot better than what he's turning out to be. This dude might be a draft bust. I hate to say it. And that sucks because, I, I mean, I like Taco Fall. I think he should be in the NBA. But not playing like that, bro. You, you got to come better than that in that next game. Um, Jared Butler, I liked what I saw out of him. Xavier Sneed looked pretty good. I didn't see Terrence Mann or Victor Krejci. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a couple of dudes missing from the summer league. Now, tomorrow, we got Memphis versus OKC. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I get home in time to watch that one. 
I'm excited about that one. Memphis Summer League team versus OKC. You get the complete Memphis team versus the complete OKC team. Then you got the Sixers and the Jazz. That ought to be exciting. Sixers and the Jazz. Then on July the 7th, which is tomorrow, we going to Las Vegas. Las Vegas Summer League begins. And at 10 o'clock, we got Houston versus Orlando. So you got the number one overall pick and Paolo Banchero going against the number three overall pick and Jabari Smith Jr. Then you got Tari Eason. It's going to be a screamer. Then at 12 o'clock on Friday night, Basically, uh, Thursday night, technically. You get the drill, you get the Blazers, where we get to see Shaden Sharp for the first time, and the Detroit Pistons. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm definitely gonna be up for that tomorrow night. Get to see my squad in action. Because Kane is, is gonna play this year in the Summer League. Crazy, which sounds crazy. But, um, yeah, you get Kate, you get to see Jaden Ivy for the first time. I'm excited. Get to see Jalen Duran. I think the Pistons going to turn it out in that summer league, especially in that tournament. I'm hoping I get to see everybody play. But all in all, this is King Known Uncensored. Welcome to the 2022 Summer League. Ha! You thought, yeah, Fakers fans, you thought you was going to get Kyrie this season, huh? What you thought he was going? He was going to save your boy again? <laughs> I'm out of here, man. <laughs> Love fucking with y'all, Fakers fans. <laughs>